Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers for November 2020, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. This month's interview is with Ken Fisher about his book, Everybody In, Nobody Out, Inspiring Community at Michigan's University Musical Society. Housed on the campus of the University of Michigan, the UMS is one of the oldest performing arts presenters in the country. Between 1987 and 2017, UMS was led by Ken Fisher, who over three decades pursued an ambitious campaign to expand and diversify the organization's programming and audiences, initiatives inspired by Fisher's overarching philosophy toward promoting the arts. And that philosophy, everybody in, nobody out. The approach not only deepened UMS's engagement with the university and Southeast Michigan communities, it led to partnerships with distinguished artists across the world. I began my interview with Ken Fisher by asking Ken when he first had the idea to start working on his book. I've had a chance over the years to speak to University of Michigan clubs around the country. Uh, my wife and I have been on, you know, on these cruises and uh, U of M alumni tours. And at um, each of those, I give a talk about UMS. And, and after many of them, people would say, hey, get, get that story. Put it in writing. You know, and yeah. finally, uh, as I was approaching retirement, really in the spring of 19, when 19, excuse me, 2016, <laughs> um, I, that thought occurred to me, you know, maybe this is something that I ought to do. And uh, so it's about four years ago uh, that I really, I really focused on it. We found the University of Michigan Press to be the publisher, and um, it was it was just uh, the the right thing to do. And I did I didn't do that much in what was my final year at UMS, 2016 to 17. We did have concerts to put on. Yeah, yeah. And we had we were still in a campaign for UMS. And uh, so I, I really began to focus more after I retired and then just had a ball uh, reconnecting with people, uh, with with artists, with uh, staff, with uh, some of our donors and audience members as I wanted to make sure I got these stories right. Yeah. And, you know, some people say uh, fact-checking. Oh, what a boring thing. Are you kidding? <laughs> I loved it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it meant... It meant, you know, over a 30-year career, I had, to, I had to get in touch with some of these artists to, you know, it, no, it, what was that date, when, and how did that happen? <laughs> Who made the call? And so uh, I think uh, no, nobody's complained about too many, uh, you know, it, 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 about errors in it. I really wanted to, to try to capture the, uh, the essence of what we did. So you began here at UMS in 1987. Are you from Michigan originally, and where, where did you work before UMS, Ken? Well, I uh, I was actually born in Washington D.C., but uh, our family I really grew up here in Plymouth, Michigan, uh, from about 1950. Uh, then then in uh, 1962, went off to the College of Worcester in Ohio, and then got married to Penny, whom I met at Interlochen mm. when we were both uh, kids, 16 years old, playing in the in the orchestra. And then Penny and I came here uh, from 66 to 70. Uh, where I was in grad school. Uh, Penny was actually working for two years for my predecessor, Gail Rector. So we, we got to know UMS a bit. Who would have imagined that, you know, in, in the late 60s, that 
20 years later, I'd be coming back uh, <laughs> to succeed Gail Rector. Then we spent 17 years in Washington from 1970 to 87, and uh, I've had a, got a little bit of experience putting on concerts at the Kennedy Center wow. from 1983 to 1987, and then came to the attention of UMS and was invited and and uh, accepted the job, 1987. And and what was University Musical Society like back then? You, you write very vividly of what the culture was like, how things were set up back then, and what your philosophy was that you wanted to bring to UMS as the new president back in 87. Well, first of all, you know, in, in um, uh, the business was just a different kind of business, and I, I, I tip my hat to the two predecessors that I actually knew, Charles Sink, who actually started with UMS in 1904. Can you believe that? Oh, uh, he was he was the guy that brought Horowitz here, and Horowitz, oh. you know, played here 15 times on the Hill stage. Isn't that amazing? That mm. he was succeeded in 1957 by Gail Rector, and both these guys uh, built and sustained a fantastic reputation of UMS as a classical music presenter. I mean, when you can present. Like I said, Horowitz 15 times, the Berlin and the Vienna Philharmonics, and do the debuts of all of these uh, great artists. Um, I, I honor those who preceded me. But um, it, it was just time for some, some change. And when, when one grows up, as I did, at the feet of uh, the impresario of Washington, D.C., named Patrick Hayes, a man who was key to desegregating the theaters and the lunch counters of Washington, D.C., who wanted to make sure the arts are going to be for everybody. And he wrapped his arms around everybody in the Washington metropolitan area uh, and saying the arts are going to be for everybody. Well, I arrived here and found we were we were housed in Burton Memorial Tower. And I got a bit of a feeling, God, this is kind of an ivory tower. You know, we're great at classical music, but when you look around Southeast Michigan and see this diversity of cultures of the Arab world and, and black and African-American, um, and then the diversity of Asian populations. You you look at Mexican town, and you look you look north to Canada and south, you know, to Mexico, Central America, South America, and we really had no significant relationship with these communities of shared heritage, which are in significant numbers in our area. And so I thought it's time to get out of the tower and into the communities of Southeast Michigan, uh, you know. And infused within me was this inclusion policy of my mentor, uh, Patrick Hayes, which was everybody in, nobody out. That was his inclusion policy to say to everybody in Washington, and a still quite segregated Washington, in fact, in 1966, the mm -hmm. arts are going to be for everybody going forward here. And that uh, that just infused me uh, when I was there, and I came here with that that sense of we got to get we got to get out of the tower and connect with these rich communities of, like I said, shared heritage, but also educational uh, communities and the nonprofit organizations, and especially our other arts organizations, these marvelous um, arts organizations in, in our own city of Ann Arbor, in the county of Washtenaw, but throughout all of the, the seven counties of southeast Michigan, that they, they just were ready 
to uh, be engaged with UMS. Once you uh, began your tenure at UMS in the late 80s, what were some of your, your earliest triumphs and maybe some of the, the, the toughest times or battles? I know change can be difficult when you, tr- when you become the head of a, an organization like this who, that's been doing things a certain way for a long time. What, what were some of the triumphs and the, well, maybe toughest battles or toughest uh, situations you faced in those first few years? <laughs> well, um, I think... Uh there was there was a real opportunity again in engaging people to to begin to invite people to have a a part in in certain of our most historic events for example handel's messiah we've been doing since 1879 <laughs> and uh but it, it 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 seemed to me that there might be people in the community who would like to support handel's uh messiah and so i i happened to speak with a gentleman who was the the president, uh, Roy Weber, was his name, president of Great Lakes Bank Corps, and uh, it's 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 a long story. I won't tell it all here, but I went and, and was able to listen to him talk about his what at that time was the only locally owned and locally headquartered bank, and, a, and an old bank. It had been in town for a long time. Well, as I listened to him, I began to think, boy, this would be the perfect man and the perfect bank to be a sponsor of our Messiah performances. We've both been around for a long time. We're, we uh, we both love the community, and he was also supporting uh, the Ann Arbor Symphony and the school, the school of Music at the University of Michigan, and happened to be we were having the uh, the Ann Arbor Symphony as our orchestra. All of our soloists were from the uh, University of Michigan, and wouldn't you know, um, he was he was delighted to do that. But I think probably the biggest triumph early on was the following year when when Leonard Bernstein returned to Hill Auditorium with the Vienna Philharmonic for his 70th birthday and the 75th anniversary of Hill Auditorium. And the first two events I did at 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 uh, UMS. Well, the year before, 1987, right after I got here, imagine Bernstein and the Vienna Philharmonic in back-to-back concerts mm. at Hill Auditorium, arranged by my predecessor. But Bernstein and I knew that the next year he'd be coming back for a short North American tour, but many cities were bidding on it, and I had to, uh, you know, I had to go to talk to this guy who was totally intimidating to me. <laughs> and finally, I, you know, it's just him and me in there. I got down on my knee and looked him in the eye and said, "Mr. Bernstein, we we want to have you back." Something feeble like that. And he looked at me and he said, "Ken, I love this town. I love the people of this town." And I love this hall. We'll be back. Oh. And a couple of weeks later, he chose four cities, New York, Washington, Toronto, and Ann Arbor. And that was a spectacular event. We got 41 local companies to all see the value of helping to sponsor that event. And, and, and you know, Martin, that launched our corporate sponsorship program that, that continues to today when businesses realize that, you know, they can they can entertain people, they can gain visibility, they can they can cultivate clients using an event of the Musical Society. And then, then we had so many of our regular patrons go to dinners in the homes of our volunteers, and, and uh, they all came in tuxes on buses from the university. <laughs> that was... That was was a great event but you ask about challenges yeah. and you know when you're that that the the UMS had been accustomed to going it alone uh, believing you know our standards are, are very high uh, is it really necessary to be working with other organizations shouldn't we go it alone well when you when you, when you're raised at the feet of Patrick Hayes who's an everybody in nobody out 
kind of guy, um, you um, you, you want to collaborate. You want to be bringing other organizations in. But that was that was a, a bit of a of a new thought for members of our board, and uh, what I thought would be a slam dunk. Uh, opportunity to work with Andre Previn, mm. coming to town to work with the Ann Arbor Symphony and play jazz at, you know, the jazz clubs and do chamber music at Carytown and so on. I, I hadn't really helped the board understand why collaboration was the way of the future, working together with others. And so I was told, you know, we're not quite ready <laughs> for that, Ken. And so uh, they w- w- I wasn't given the opportunity to submit a proposal, which I you know, thought for sure was a slam dunk proposal. But what I learned from that is that you've got to be a leader. You've got to recognize where your board is at that time and bring them along, educate them. And I just assumed too much at that time. And so I learned a great lesson at that point was you got to lead. That's what they're looking for, yeah. is for a leader. And uh, that means uh, teaching and, and helping them see a new way of UMS connecting with its community. And so I learned a lot from that. And you know what? A few years later, we we used the same money we might have used for for uh, for Andre Previn to do the Martha Graham Centenary Festival to celebrate Martha Graham's 100th birthday by bringing the company here and people involved with it for a three-week residency that really put us on the map as, a, as an excellent dance presenter, but as a, as a group that could also bring in the entire community. Um, the uh, the University of Michigan, as well as 14 other partners uh, all over the community. And, and that then set the stage, you know, for the rest of, of, of our history, um, which is working together with others, collaboration. And you can't find a better partner than the University of Michigan and its academic department, School of Music, Theater and Dance, uh, the Art Museum. These uh, the collaboration is, is really what, what made the change, working together with others. Our guest is Ken Fisher, who served as president of the University Musical Society for 30 years until his retirement in 2017. Let's just—I just want to talk about one more event in your incredible, illustrious career, Ken. I'm looking at page 164 of your new book, and what a photo! September 10th, 2015. And President Barack Obama is looking you straight in the eye, shaking your hand, his left hand on your shoulder. Wow. Tell us about this momentous event. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, um, you know, to get a call from the head of the National Endowment for the Arts a month ahead of time saying, Ken, we want to honor UMS and we'd like you to accept the award <laughs> at the White House. And the award is the National Medal of Arts. And UMS was the first university presenter to ever receive it. And it means you got to go to Washington <laughs> where you and uh, Stephen King and, and uh, Sally Field and uh, a number of others are going to receive this National Medal of Arts. And, of course, our own George Shirley, professor of music at the University of Michigan, the first black uh, tenor soloist at the Met, uh, the first black man to sing in the Army Chorus. He, he because of the alphabet, S and U, George Shirley went before me to, to meet the president. And it was a glorious, a glorious day uh, for all of us 
mm. connected with the musical society. And that means all my predecessors. It means the staff and the board and our volunteers and all of the University of Michigan community and Ann Arbor feeling uh, the love from the White House uh, receiving that award that day. It was just a, such a special event. And to, ha- and to, be ha- to have it presented by Barack Obama, who was a great supporter of the arts, along with his with with his wife, uh, what what uh, a cherished moment that will be forever. Thanks for listening to Martin Dandike Undercovers for November 2020. Our interview was with Ken Fisher about his book, Everybody In, Nobody Out, Inspiring Community at Michigan's University Musical Society. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library.